Um, I know it's been a long time back that I was reading in Proverbs, and, and Proverbs chapter 2 just like jumped out at me, and I was like, one of these days I'm going to preach on that or teach on that because that's what tonight is. It's just just look at it like Bible study because we're going to get in the Scripture, and we're just going to read some Word and let God bring revelation as we read His Word because what I found out is God didn't give Solomon all this wisdom for nothing. It's for us to live godly lives. And it's not just a great little book in there that has some really nice little sayings in it. It has God's wisdom in it. And we need to read it and ask God for revelation of it. Most of it is pretty practical living advice. So that we can live the way God wants us to live. The word proverb is a Hebrew word. And it means to rule or to govern. So we can look at proverbs and we can say, okay, this is God's way of teaching us how to rule and govern our lives. How many of you know we need to know how to rule and govern our lives? Amen? So I know this is going to help. Every one of us. When you start reading the first part of Proverbs, it looks like, you know, he's talking to a young person and you're thinking, well, that's not for me. Well, this one's talking about leaders or this one's talking about all people. Well, you know what? I guarantee you, just because he's talking to a young person or he's talking to a leader, I bet you that it can apply to your life. Amen? God's wisdom, it it can just span the spectrum of age, can it? It doesn't matter if you're this high or this high. It can be relative to your life. And that's what we want to pull out of Proverbs. Proverbs talks about the purpose of wisdom. It talks about the benefits of wisdom. It warns us about rejecting God's wisdom and what will happen if we reject God's wisdom. It talks about what wisdom can do in relationships, in our speech, in our lives, in in how successful we are in our lives, it has a whole lot of gold nuggets in it. And it is an awesome book. And we need to stay in it. Amen? I mean, it's if you think about how many Proverbs there are, 31, that means we could read one proverb a day and read Proverbs every month. If, it's, if it was enough to, to, that Solomon asked for wisdom, he wanted, to, he wanted God's wisdom. He didn't ask for money. He didn't ask, but guess what? When he got God's wisdom, what else did he get? Everything else. So that means that wisdom, and it says in Proverbs that wisdom is the principal thing. It's the most important thing in our life is wisdom. Let's look at the word wisdom. If you've got paper and pencil, take notes and write, write it down. Wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge or experience or understanding or common sense and insight. The ability to apply knowledge or experience or understanding or common sense and insight. It's the ability to discern or judge what is true. 
what is right, what is lasting, and to have insight into something. To have common sense. That's wisdom. Did you know that? If you don't have any common sense, you're lacking some wisdom. To have good judgment. The trait of utilizing knowledge and experience with common sense and insight. The quality of being prudent and sensible. You know what prudent means? Or or I'll give it to you. Okay. Prudent means wise in handling practical matters. Wise in handling practical matters. Exercising good judgment, and here we go again, common sense. It's being careful and sensible, marked by sound judgment. It's showing wise self-restraint in speech and behavior. Prudent. Sensible is showing reason or sound judgment and then acting on it. It's being able to be perceptible by the senses or the mind or to reason or to understand, able to feel or perceive. That's what sensible is. How many of you know we need to learn how to apply knowledge? You know, how many of you know a whole lot of people that know a whole lot of stuff? But are they doing anything with the whole lot of stuff that they know? Well, then they lack wisdom. If they know the word and they're not doing it, they lack wisdom. They have a whole lot of knowledge, but they lack wisdom because they're not applying the knowledge they know according to the word of God. You know, I mean, there's some knowledge that isn't going to get you anywhere. But the knowledge of knowing the things of God and not applying it is not having wisdom. The foundation of knowledge, what knowledge is built on, like when you pour a foundation for a house, this is what knowledge is built on, which forms and creates and lays the foundation for wisdom, is to fear the Lord. To fear the Lord. That's where the body of Christ is lacking. There is not a fear of the Lord. There is not a reverence and awe of God like there should be in the body of Christ or we would be applying the knowledge that we know and have the wisdom of God and be seeing results in our lives. The second thing is to honor and respect God. The third is to live in awe of his power. And the fourth is to obey his word. Wisdom comes in two ways. It's a gift from God. And we see that with Solomon. It was a gift. God gave Solomon wisdom, didn't he? Solomon asked for wisdom. God gave him wisdom. The second thing is, it is an energetic search. Everyone say, energetic search. Solomon received it as a gift. 
because he was worthy of receiving that gift. The place he was walking with with God, and God honored him with that gift of wisdom. But for others, sometimes it's an energetic search. Wisdom's starting point is God. Can't have wisdom without God. Then you have his revealed word. You have revelation of his word. The source of knowledge and understanding is wisdom. So wisdom is a gift to us, but we also have to seek it earnestly, diligently. We have to go after wisdom. God's wisdom is hidden from the rebellious, the foolish, and the stubborn. Sometimes you wonder why you don't have any wisdom. You need to evaluate your life, and I need to evaluate mine, and I need to see, is there some rebellion, stubbornness, foolishness in my life? Is that why the wisdom of God is not flowing? It takes an effort to find it and then to use it. It takes an energetic search for God's wisdom. And you know, it's not always easy, but does God call us to the easy I learned that a long time ago. God does not call us to the easy. I wouldn't be doing what I was doing if if God calls us to the easy. Kristen, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing if God calls you to the easy. It's not always easy to, to use your gift every day, is it? God doesn't call us to the easy. But he gives us the strength to do whatever he has called us to do. Amen. God gives us wisdom and victory, but he doesn't expect us just to drift through life and just case hurrah, hurrah, life will be whatever it will be. Whatever comes, comes. Whatever happens, happens. Baloney. God wants us to make life happen. He wants us to discover our destiny. He wants us to discover who God is, to uncover his mysteries. God wants us to seek after him, and we'll find him in new ways every day. His mercies are new every day. Well, guess what? God's bigness and greatness is new every day. And we're going to spend a lifetime of eternity finding out how big God is. That's how beautiful and awesome and big our God is. We gain wisdom through a constant process of growing. How many of you like to grow? Well, we always like the results, don't we? We don't always like the process. But in that process, we must trust and honor God in all that we do. A-L-L, all that we do. We must trust and honor God in all. Say, we must trust and honor God in all that we do. The second thing is, is we must realize that the Bible reveals God's wisdom to us. This is full of God's wisdom. Why aren't we in it more? If this is his wisdom, why do we allow the cares of our day to steal our time? When this is everything we need. This is the most valuable thing in our life, is his wisdom in this word. I'm going to have to pull this back or something. I'm in a bad, bad spot. The third thing is we must make a lifetime. Our whole life long needs to continual right choices. 
Did you know that wrong choices have consequences? So as we have a continual progression of right choices, guess what? There's good consequences. And the other is not good. And sometimes we get in that season of reaping those consequences. And we wonder what in the world's going on in our life. We're thinking, oh God, oh God, oh God. And all you got to do is look back and see. And look at and evaluate some of the choices that have been made. And if you made some, then repent. If you made some wrong ones, repent. Get it right. Get it covered in the blood of Jesus. and Get on the right track. Amen? It's all part of the change that we've been talking about. Renewing our mind and changing. Renewing our mind and changing. You know what? We've heard it. We've heard it. We've heard it. It's time to do it. You're thinking, oh, if they say change again or renew my mind again or... But you know what? Like Pastor Eric said, when we're doing it and we're there, we won't have to talk about it anymore. Amen? But I doubt if that will happen until Jesus comes. Amen? Unfortunately. You know, people don't develop all the aspects, all the realms of wisdom. I don't know if besides Jesus... You know, some people may have a whole lot of discretion, and some may have insight, and some may have knowledge, some may have common sense. I know you've seen some people that have a whole lot of knowledge and no common sense. So you know what? You have to say, okay, what do I have? What do I not have? What do I need to seek the Lord to say, I need I need more of this, so I've got to search after this so I can be a balanced person. Because there are days when it's just like, where's my brain? Why didn't, I mean, that's common sense. Why didn't I think about that? Or why didn't I do this or do that? So find out what it is that you're weak in. Seek the Lord. Ask him. Say, God, how do I develop this? How do I get this? Do you give it to me? Or do I have to go after, what do I need to do? What do I need to learn so that I can have more insight, more discretion? Discretion is knowing right from wrong. You know, I believe that I was born with discretion. I believe God just gifted me with it. I didn't ever have to argue with right and wrong. I never wanted to do those things. It just, it just, it was easy. It was never a temptation. So I can look back and see that God gifted me with discretion. But I believe it was because of choices I made. And maybe it was just a supernatural gift that he just gave me. Because I didn't have to struggle. I didn't have to struggle to say no to alcohol or drugs or or cigarettes or anything. I just, you know, I look and, and... Praise God that Pastor Eric and I are together because he can have compassion on those of you that... Now, not that I'm not compassionate, but I don't necessarily understand it because I haven't been there. The Holy Spirit knows, and he can teach me, and he can give me wisdom to give to you even though I haven't been there. So it's not like I can't help because I haven't been there because I don't want to have been everywhere that some of you have been. And I praise God that I haven't. I think you can each look at your life and see where a strength is and say, 
okay, that's what that is. I, I can recognize that, and I can see what that is. But you know what? Sometimes we just got to get in there and train ourselves and develop it in us, whatever's not there, and say it's not there. Now, let's get it there. Amen? Okay, I want you to look at chapter 1. What I want you to really pay attention to when I read this is I want those verbs. Everyone remember English. A verb shows action. It does something. So we're going to pay attention to these action verbs here in the scripture because that's what was jumping out at me as I read these first few chapters of Proverbs were the action verbs because This is what God spoke to me. God is requiring of us. Say, God is requiring of me. More. 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 So let's read this. I think I jump around from the New American Standard to the Amplified. So whatever you got, we'll figure it out. Amen. Okay. Chapter 1 talks about the usefulness of Proverbs. In one one, it says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. The useful, so Proverbs' use is to know wisdom and instruction. To know wisdom and instruction. To discern the sayings of understanding. To receive instruction and wise behavior. Righteousness, justice, and equity. Up, equity is fairness or uprightness or equality or evenness. To give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning. And a man of understanding will acquire Wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure of speech, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Guess what? If you don't fear the Lord, you can't have the beginning of knowledge. If you don't have knowledge, you can't apply it and have wisdom. It all goes together. In verse 8. The second part of seven, fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. If you don't like to be taught anything, you're a fool. I didn't say it. God did. If you're not teachable, you're a fool. Ouch. Verse 8, hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Indeed, they are a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments about your neck. Verse 20, wisdom warns. Wisdom shouts in the street. She lifts her voice. Wisdom has a voice. God's trying to get something to you. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. 
At the entrance of the gates in the city, she utters her sayings. How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded? And simple-minded there means open to evil. And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and self-confident fools hate knowledge. Verse 23, turn, turn to my reproof, my correction, my discipline. God's saying, turn to what I want to fix in your life and correct and discipline in you. Turn to it. That's his wisdom to you. Turn to me and what I want to fix in you. I will pour out my spirit on you. Do you see? We do something. God is requiring of you. We have to turn to his discipline and his counsel, his reproof, his correction in our life. And then he can pour out his spirit on us. Do you see that? Turn, pour, turn, pour. It's not pour and then turn. It's turn and then I'll pour. I will make my words known to you. When you turn, he'll pour and he'll make his words known to you. God has an order. God is a God of order. He is requiring of you. God wants to bless you, but he's requiring of you. Verse 24. This is what happens when you don't turn. Listen to this. This is not good. Because I called and you refused, I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention to my wisdom. And you neglected all my counsel and did not want my reproof. You did not want my correction. You did not want my discipline. I will also laugh at your calamity. And I'll mock when your dread comes. And when your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind and when distress and anguish comes upon you, then there's a whole lot of ifs, buts, and thens in the Bible. Then they'll call upon me. So they didn't want the counsel. They didn't want God's wisdom. They didn't want to pay attention. And then when they want something from God's wisdom and want something from God, looks what, look what happens. Then they'll call upon me, but I will not answer. They'll seek me diligently. And, and you know, there's coming a day. I mean, we can see this to an extent in the body of Christ, but as a believer, you know, God's not going to forsake you, okay? But there are going to be people that are going to try to call out for God's wisdom, and it's not going to be there. Because, you know, he says, you mocked me, you, you, you spurned my rebuke, you didn't want anything I had, and then you want to turn to me? No, 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 that's not how it works. Then, you will, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me, because they hated knowledge, and they did not choose to fear the Lord. They would not accept my counsel, and they spurned all my reproof. So they shall eat the fruit of their own way. 
and they'll and be filled with their own devices for the waywardness of the naive will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them waywardness is backsliding complacency have you have you known a complacent person they're just nothing excites them they're just complacent people they just they're existing Waywardness and complacency kills and destroys. But he, oh, here's a but. Look at this but. Verse 33. But he who listens to me, action verb, listen. You have to do something God's requiring of you. But he who listens to me shall live securely and be at ease and from the dread of evil. See, God wants to keep you and bless you and protect you, but he is requiring of you. It's not automatic. Some of you think it's automatic, but it is not automatic. It is not, say, it is not automatic. God requires of us. The pursuit of wisdom brings security in chapter 2. When you're pursuing something, do you just sit around and do nothing? If a man is pursuing a woman to date her, does he just not do anything? Makes a fool out of himself, Maurice says. The, the definition for pursuit is the act of pursuing, chasing in an effort to overtake and capture. We're to pursue the wisdom of God. And in a chase that we want to overtake and capture and get it. And then it brings security in our life. Look at verse 1. This is the chapter that just, I want you to get these action verbs right here. My son, my daughter, if. There's a whole lot of ifs right here, okay? If is contingent upon you. If you will receive, if you'll take in, If you'll accept my words, what I've given you in my words, and if you will treasure, if you will value highly, esteem my commandments, my ways, my precepts, God's way of doing things, if you'll receive my words, and treasure my commandments. And if you'll make your ear attentive to wisdom, give careful attention to wisdom, and if you'll incline your heart to understanding, incline means to apply your heart. Your heart is, here is your soul. It's, it's your mind, will, and emotions right here. That's your heart right here that he's talking about. So if you'll incline, if you'll apply your heart to understanding, and if you'll cry out for discernment, how many of you are crying out for discernment? If you'll lift your voice for understanding, you know what? When you lift your voice, you're saying something. 
You're proclaiming something. When we lift our voice in praise and worship, are we just... Or is there something coming out? We're lifting our voice. It's coming forth. If you seek her wisdom. Seek means to search after. It means to strive after, to make a request for, to ask. Seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. Wisdom doesn't automatically come if you have to seek it unless he's gifted you with it like he did Solomon. Seek wisdom. Seek wisdom as silver, as something valuable. Little base there. Seek wisdom as silver. Search for it like a hidden treasure. If, if I told you to go out this door and walk outside and take 10 steps to the right, 10 steps just to the left, 20 straight in front of you, and there was a hidden treasure, how many of you would be out there? That's what the Word of God is. It's the hidden treasure that God wants us to seek after, and it's better than money. But we would do that faster of going and get that pot of gold out there than we will the Word of God. Something's wrong with our priorities. Verse 5, then. There's another then. So we've had a whole lot of ifs and buts, and now then. Then and only then will you discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. So we're going to receive God's word. We're going to treasure his commandments. We're going to make our ear attentive to God's wisdom. We're going to incline our heart to understanding. We're going to cry out for discernment. We're going to lift our voice for understanding. We're going to seek wisdom. We're going to search for wisdom like a hidden treasure. Then, everyone say then. Then we will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Now, do we have some work to do? I believe we do. Say, God is requiring of me. What's he requiring of you? To seek, to search, to incline our ear, to cry out, to lift up our voice. I believe that is something to do on our part, right? Look at verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. God gives us wisdom. He stores up. He stores up. So someplace in heaven there, he's got a storage bin of a whole lot of wisdom. He stores it up. I think I've read in there that he he has a storage place. Doesn't it say of hail and different things like that? That's a storage place of that. I'd rather take wisdom than hail. (laughs) H-A-I-L. 
He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Are you the upright? I'm the upright. Are you a believer? You're the upright. God is storing up wisdom for you. He has wisdom stored up for you. But you got to seek it and search for it. You got to cry out for it. You got to lift your voice for it. You got to receive his word. You got to receive it into you. You have to treasure his commands. You got to count his commandments as valuable. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright and he is a shield to those who walk in integrity. Do you see why integrity is important? God is your shield when you walk in integrity. If you're not walking in integrity, you have no shield. God says, I'll be your shield when you walk in integrity. It is your choice. The shield is not automatic. God is requiring of us. The shield is based on if you're walking in integrity. It's his word. He's a shield to those who walk in integrity. He guards the path of the justice of justice and he preserves the way of his godly ones. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity in every good course. For wisdom will enter your heart. Wisdom enters your heart. Guess what? Wisdom enters your mind, will, and emotions. It enters, it says. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul your mind, your will, and your emotions. So knowledge and wisdom are pleasant to my soul and enter my heart. Discretion, knowing good and evil, and walking in good, will guard you. Did you know that that things like that have action in your life? If you have discretion... It guards you. It's like a person. Because you have discretion, it places a guard around you. It protects you. Like integrity is a shield, discretion is a guard also. And understanding will watch over you. Understanding will watch over you. These are God's action verbs here. It talks in verses 12 through 22, basically about an adulterer and people that get into sexual immorality. But let me tell you something that really stood out as I was studying. Out of those scriptures right there, some of the, two of the most difficult sins to overcome is pride and sexual immorality. Pride and sexual immorality. Pride says, I deserve it. Sexual desire says, I need it. And together they're deadly. 
They're deadly forces against you. And Solomon tells us the only way to get free is relying on the word of God. But listen, pride appeals to the empty head, even though you think you've got a big head and you know it all. It's really empty if you're full of pride. And sexual enticement appeals to the empty heart. So we have to fill our heads with God's wisdom and our hearts with his love. And then that can stand against that temptation of pride and sexual immorality. Now look at Proverbs chapter 3. This is the rewards of wisdom. God is such a good God, and he loves you so much, and he wants to get things to you more than you want to receive them. But he just doesn't spoil you by giving you everything when you're acting like a heathen. He requires of us. He requires of us the rewards of wisdom. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for a length of days and years of life worth living and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Kindness and truth are not supposed to leave us. If you're having trouble being kind and speaking the truth, hmm, you better evaluate and see what's going on. Because he tells us we're to bind them around our neck. Kindness and truth are supposed to be bound around our neck. And write them on the tablet of your... You know, what just came to me right there was, you know, when, when people are puffed up with pride, a lot of times when they deal with it in deliverance, Kelly, isn't it true that their, their necks will swell? So when you deal with pride, and, and a lot of times the demon will manifest, and the neck will swell up. And, and I just thought, it, it's bind them around your neck. Kindness and truth... Walking in kindness and the truth of the word can keep you out of pride. So if that's bound around your neck, pride can't enter. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So then, there's another then. Then you'll find favor and good repute or high esteem in the sight of God and man. Our favorite little scripture we like to quote, but there's a whole lot of buts and thens and ifs before that. But trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your, your path. He'll make straight your path. He'll lead you, guide you when you trust in the Lord. Well, you know what? Just to say you trust in the Lord is not good enough. Faith without works is dead. Faith requires a corresponding action. Faith requires you to do something. You can't just say you have faith and not do anything. Your action has to line up with the faith that you say you have. Faith is a, has a corresponding action. It has something. You don't just say, I have faith, and you're not speaking, doing, and following after the ways of God. Because that will prove whether you have faith your corresponding action will line up with that. 
So if we trust in the Lord, we lean on and have our total confidence in God, it will show in our life. So we can quote that scripture because it's just a great one, you know. I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I lean not on my own understanding. But in all my ways, I acknowledge God. Do you really? Do we really? In all of our ways, acknowledge God? God's requiring of us. He's requiring more of us. Trust in the Lord. You know what? I always know that I'm not trusting when I have cares and burdens. Because if I'm trusting, and we're, we've all been there or we're all there right now, just like we talked about tonight, we have a difficult time in casting our cares and trusting in God. We know he can do it. We know we want him to do it. But will he really do it for me? I know he can do it. I know he has the power to do it. I know that he has the ability to do it. But will God really heal me? I know he's healed so-and-so or he's healed this one or I heard about this. But, but if we really trust in him, then, then we'll get free from doubt and unbelief. And you know what? That's why we're just, we continue to grow and grow and grow and we're changed because we're all trying to get there. And none of us are there yet. But isn't the journey exciting? Isn't it? It's never boring or dull to follow after God, is it? He's a precious God and he loves you and he wants to bless you. In verse 7, it says, Do not be wise in your own eyes, but reverently fear the Lord and turn entirely from evil. Turn entirely from evil. Entirely. Does that mean, okay, I'll give, I'll I'll turn here. I'll turn away from this, but I'm going to go ahead and keep this. Is that all? Is Is that giving, is that turning all, entirely all from evil? Look, look at verse 8. Look at what happens when we're not wise in our own eyes and we fear the Lord and turn away from evil and we trust in the Lord with all of our heart and we don't lean on our own understanding what we have figured out. Look, look what happens in verse 8. It will be healing to your body and refreshment and nourishment to your bones. Do you see what happens when we do what God wants us to do? The rewards of wisdom up here, healing to our body and refreshment. So it makes searching and seeking wisdom pretty good, doesn't it? It, it makes it a good thing. In verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord from your wealth with all the increase that comes into your hands and from the first of all your produce, the first fruits offerings of your income, your gain, your increase, then your barns will be filled with plenty or abundance. Is your barns filled with abundance? Mine's not yet. But it's coming. Amen? Is yours coming? Amen. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves. Even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights, 
How blessed is the man who finds wisdom. Guess what? You're blessed when you find God's wisdom. That's what he said. You're blessed. And the man who gains understanding. For her profit is better than the profit of silver, and her gain better than gold. Is better than any money you could ever have or find. She's far precious than jewels, and nothing you, you desire compares with her. Nothing you desire compares with wisdom. Nothing. Nothing. Say, nothing I can... Nothing compares. Is that right? Nothing you desire compares with wisdom. Nothing you desire. Nothing you could ever want compares to God's wisdom. Because if you have God's wisdom, you'll have all that you desire if it lines up with his word. If you caught that last part, if it lines up with his word. Long life is in her right hand. And in her left hand is riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. When you take hold of wisdom, you take hold of the tree of life. And happy are all who hold fast to her. Happy are all who embrace wisdom. The Lord, by wisdom, laid the earth's foundation. That's how important wisdom is. God couldn't lay the foundation of the earth without wisdom. By understanding, he established the heavens. He set the heavens in place by understanding. And by his knowledge, the deeps were broken up, and they were divided in the skies. The clouds let drop the dew. And my son, let them, let wisdom and understanding and knowledge not vanish from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life to your soul and an adornment to your neck. There we go again. An adornment to your neck. Then, then... Say, then you will walk in your way securely and your foot will not stumble. And when you lie down, you'll not be afraid and your sleep will be sweet. God wants you to receive his wisdom. He wants you to receive his words. He wants you to treasure, to value, to highly esteem his commandments. He wants you to turn your ear, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart, apply your heart to understanding. He wants you to cry out for discernment. He wants you to lift your voice for understanding. He wants you to seek wisdom, to search for wisdom like you would a hidden treasure. Would you stand to your feet? Father, I thank you for your word tonight. Lord, there is so much in your word, Lord. And Lord, as we read tonight, there is so much that you are requiring of us. And we will not choose to be overwhelmed because we're going to choose to seek your wisdom, to search after your wisdom, to know your word and to walk in your ways. Lord, you so desire want to bless you want to bless your kids. You want to bless your children. And, Lord, I thank you that as we got revelation tonight to see that as we do this, you'll do this. That there are always ifs and buts and thens in your word. But, Lord, we want to choose to obey your word. Lord, we we want to follow after you. And we know that you're requiring more of us. And we thank you for that because as you require more of us, you help us grow. You help us mature. You help us grow up 
and become the huios of God, the mature sons and daughters of God that we are supposed to be. We, we don't want to stay the little technons and the pateons and the nepioses. We want to be the huios, the mature ones. Lord, help us as we cry out for your wisdom. Lord, we thank you, Father, for this evening. I plead the blood of Jesus over every person here and within the building and every family member. And, Lord, I thank you that you send your angels now to encamp around about us, to guard us, keep us, and protect us. Lord, we pray for all those in Houma, Louisiana. We plead the blood of Jesus over them, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you supernaturally instill within their bodies supernatural strength, God. Help them have the energy that they need to do all they need to do this week. Father, I thank you that you are connecting them. You're divinely connecting them, Lord. And we thank you that you have prepared the hearts of the people to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we call them saved, set free, and delivered. Lord, we thank you that as they plant seeds, Lord, that there may be others that come along and water it, Lord. But your word will not return void. And we thank you, Father, for everyone that's there. And we speak a blessing over them. And, Lord, we praise you and glorify you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Be blessed and have a great rest of the week.